Amen. Now give God one good hand clap of praise before we go into service today. I do want you to remember folks that need prayer here this morning, uh, who still want to be praying for Ben uh, here today. John, as you well know, has had surgery right uh, frequently uh, recently, and uh, he, he needs prayer. Hopefully he can come in a little bit later on. It's good to see Junior here this morning. Amen. Amen. Glad to see him. He's already pulled uh, eight hours already this morning, pretty close to it. He's already worked already this morning, wanted to come to church, and we're glad he's here, and I believe the Lord's going to touch him this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Continue to remember Lib as well. Remember uh, Pastor Sissy. She needs some prayer at this point. Continually remember myself. I need to touch at this moment. I'm going to the doctor this week to check on a couple of things. Uh, the dermatologist, so you guys kind of just hold me up in prayer that we'll get a good report, and God will be able to do what he needs to do. Uh, we are thankful today for everything that is happening. If you're just happy today to be alive in uh, the United States of America, you need to give God some praise this morning. Amen. We're going to be in Second Chronicles chapter 20 to begin with, and then we're going to flip over to the book of St. Mark chapter 4. God has given me a quick little message that he wants me to bring to you today to, to speak directly to you and to talk with you a little bit to give you some encouragement. So everybody just look at that person right beside me and say, Be encouraged in the Lord. You know, things is not uh, uh, as lovely as we would love them to be. Amen? Amen. The devil's kicking up his heels. He's trying to, to get people to the point where they'll just give up or, or that we'll just leave uh, the church or we'll leave the fellowship or we'll just say it ain't worth the fight anymore. But I want you to know today that God never does anything when everything looks great. Amen. The Bible said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved. That's when God moves. The first thing that God tells you in the Scripture is when all hell is broke loose, that's when the Spirit of God's going to move. Amen. Why does He wait that long? He waits that long primarily because if you can fix it, He don't get no glory. So God wants all the glory, and he said, I will not share my glory with another. So God is ready to fix some things because there's a whole lot of stuff in chaos right now. In everybody's life, not just here, everywhere around in the United States of America, around the world, this whole world right now is in chaos. And the Spirit of God says, I am about to come in and start straightening things back out. We need to give God some praise for that this morning. Amen. And I want to go to you in the same situation. I'm going to read two texts with you there this morning. But there's two texts in the scriptures, and there are really more than these, but the two the Lord laid on my heart today, that explains to you and shares with you that the very same situation, or it may not be every circumstance, but the same situation was against the children of Israel and also the disciples. And I want to show you this morning what Jesus done, what God done, what the Holy Ghost done in this situation. And in doing that, there I want to share with you as well what you're supposed to do. So everybody just touch, touch that beside him and say, open up your ears. Because this is something you're going to have to do to come out of this situation. I believe that God is about to break loose completely within just a few more months. I believe that what we have seen, God is going to kind of part the Red Sea. And we're going to be able to cross over in our promised land. Amen. Now that Red Sea that we're dealing with today is the coronavirus. And God is going to wipe that away and get us straightened back out again so that we can be what God wants us to be. Amen? Second Chronicles chapter number 20 is one of the greatest revival messages I think I've ever preached in my life. I, I went to a church one time. We had a revival there, and they asked me to preach. I wasn't even prepared, and the Lord laid it on my heart. And for five nights in a row, I preached from the Scripture. 
And God was just sharing with them at that point in time that God is a God of a breakthrough. That God is a God of deliverance. That God is a God that can bring you out of a bad situation. If you believe that that's your God this morning, just shout out amen like you mean it. Amen. So in verse number 14, it says, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benani, the son of Jael, and the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost of the Lord, in the midst of the congregation. And he said, given a word from the Holy Ghost, he said, Hearken ye all Judah. Look at that right beside me. Say, pay attention to this. Listen now. And it said, And ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, we ought to already be shouting, amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Find another and say, don't fall for fear. God says this ain't your battle anyway. I'm going to fight it anyhow. You ain't got to fight in this battle. I am your God and this battle is mine and I'm going to take care of it. Someone shout out amen. amen. Then he said, tomorrow, however, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up from the cliff of Ziz and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. And look at your neighbor and say, but you got to show up for the battle. In order for God to fight the battle for you, you got to show up in the battle. You got to be in the place that the battle is going to come to a head. If you ain't there, God ain't going to fight for you. Amen. So everybody that is not in church this morning, you need to be in church because that's where the battle is raised at. While you're here in the church and in the power of the Holy Ghost, that's when the Holy Ghost says, all right, when you show up, I'll honor your presence by taking the battle in my own hands and I'll win the battle for you, but you got to go up and show up in the battle. Amen? Amen. So he says, you shall not need to fight in this battle. I want you to look at your neighbor right beside of you this morning and say, you ain't got to fight no more. Well, everybody's tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. We don't need to fight no more, Thelma. We don't have to fight anymore. We've already released a rainbow word of Almighty God and said God's going to take care of it. Let God handle it. We don't need to fight anymore, but we do got to go to the battlefield. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Everybody holler and say, set yourselves. Say it again. Say, set yourselves. That word means you got to make up your mind that you are in the battle. Set yourself. Quit letting the devil tell you exactly what he wants to tell you and follow what he's saying. Set yourself. Have some faith. Stand up. Get in the fight. Stand there in the fight. Get ready and let case of God has to call you to fight. But know the minute you set yourself that God is going to stand forward and the angels are going to be released and he's going to fight the battle for you. All you got to do is show up and act like you're ready to fight. How many ever had a bully in your in, in your your school years and they always picked on you, but the minute that you stood up against that bully, that bully went running from you. You see, that's what the devil is. All he is is a bully. He comes to you with scud missiles to try to cause you to be fearful. But when you stand up and you stand up and say, I ain't taking this no more. This is my territory. This is my life. This is my children. This is my church. This is my money. This is my car. This is my house. God gave it to me and I'm going to use it for his glory. When you set yourself, the devil will turn tail and run every time. He don't want to fight you because he knows the greater he is on side of you than 
that he that is in the world. The devil don't want to fight you. He don't want to come against you. He definitely don't want to have God fight against him. But God said, if you'll set yourself, get ready, and show that bully that you ain't going to take it anymore, he'll leave you alone. Slap somebody and say, he's going to leave you alone. Amen. I done preach like I go home. Amen. So you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself and stand. Stand ye still. Ever holler out and say stand. You know that's what God is looking for in the church today. Some people that has a heart on the inside, a warrior's heart, that will stand regardless. If everybody leaves them, they still stand. If everybody talks about them, they still stand. If everybody gives up on them, they still stand. If all hell breaks loose, they still stand. If everybody hates their guts, they still stand. If you are in God's army, God said you got to stand forward and set yourself and show up for the battle. But the minute you show up, angels will take care of the rest. Somebody needs to get God some hand clap of praise this morning stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that word salvation there is Yeshua that is the word of Jesus himself his name so God is saying if you'll do all this and stand still Jesus will show up on the scene for you oh man that's some good word right there amen said see the salvation of the Lord who is with you everybody holler out and say Jesus is with me Mm-hmm. Tell the devil, say, devil, didn't you know the Holy Ghost was with me? Mm-hmm. You see, when you understand that there, you don't have to fight anymore. You ain't scared no more. You don't fall down to fear. You don't uh, get upset. But see, the devil would have you get out there and be, listen to everybody and how bad things is and how bad it's going to get and all this stuff. And the more you're fearful of it, the scared you become and the scared you become, the less you do. But God said, if you'll stand forth in the power of my glory, I will show up and I'll fight for you because Jesus is with you. Jesus is walking with you and the devil can't handle Jesus when he looks at him eye to eye. Amen. So he says, fear not. Don't be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against him for the Lord will be with you. Find somebody and say, you got to go out of this mess. You see, you got to go out there because God said the minute you take the step to go, I'm going to be with you. Amen. Now he goes further. There he said, as he goes forward, he said, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Somebody shout out amen. amen. See, our problem in the church is we don't like to praise the Lord like we're supposed to. The Bible says to praise him with a loud voice. You see, when you began to praise the Lord, great is the Lord and all of his inhabitants that he inhabit, and you praise the Lord and how glorious he is and how powerful he is, you are releasing a rhema word of Almighty God and it is taking the demons down just like that. The minute you say, well, Jesus is going to get all the glory, the devil gets mad with you and the devil is taken down by the power of your word that's on the inside of you. When you raise up your voice and you praise the Lord to the Lord the way you're supposed to praise the Lord, the demons start falling down as the bullets out of your mouth hit them demons and take them down it's time the church become more vocal and began to praise the Lord and get a little bit more happy and shout out louder than they've ever shouted before and I wonder if this church this morning as loud as you can can shout out hallelujah unto the Lord this morning amen well, I wish I could preach. Verse 20 said, And they rose up early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Israel. Believe in the Lord. Everybody, I say, believe in the Lord. Believe say it again. Say, believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. 
Mm -hmm. Believe in the Lord your God so you'll be established. Believe his prophets so shall ye prosper. Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. If you'll believe his prophets, then you'll prosper. Ask your neighbor right beside me and say, have you prospered this week? If you're not prospered in your life, it's because you're not believing the word of God that has come out of the prophet's mouth. So God said, I have given you some directives. Number one, you have got to go get down into the battle. And when you get down in the battle, you got to set yourself like you're going to fight. And when you set yourself to go and fight, don't you start fighting until I tell you that you got to fight because the battle is mine anyway. So you just stand still, open up your eyes because when you open up your eyes, that's when you'll see Jesus show up for you and do things that nobody else can't do. And when he shows up and does things for you that nobody else will do, then you'll be able to be established under the power of Almighty God. But he says also one thing that will be required of you when you stand in your position, you see you need to understand this, one of the positions in warfare was praise and worship. They always sent singers out before they sent out the people that had the arrows and all of the weapons. So God said if you really want to come against the kingdom of hell, praise him a little bit, worship him a little bit, and believe in the Lord your God and his word, and you'll be established and believe in the prophets who has spoken his word and you're going to prosper. That's a word for you that you are to take the devil and just stomp him right down this morning in your very feet and take the hill and crush you because God said I'm for you. This battle ain't yours no more. I'm taking it from you. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now go with me to Matthew, Mark chapter number four this morning. I sung a couple of songs that kind of goes with this this morning. Because God has got a few things. When you have Mark chapter number four, say amen. amen. We're going to start reading, I think, at verse number 35. Jesus has been on the mountains preaching the Sermon of the Mount. He's had a long, hard day. He's gave some kingdom training to the disciples and the great multitude that was there. He had told them the necessity of planting seeds and watching them grow he had told them the principle that when you plant a seed in the kingdom of god that seed will come to pass and you may not know how it grows but it will come to pass he went on to say in that thing that you were the salt of the earth that you are the light of the world he began to teach kingdom principles and he began to say that one of the jobs that you have in the kingdom of Almighty God is to preserve every culture in every area that there is. And he looked at his disciples and he told his disciples, in a little bit we're going to cross over. And we're going across the Sea of Galilee. And in verse number 35, he begins to pick this up and he tells him, and it says, and the same day, everybody put a line under that, circle that, and everybody holler out and say, the same day. day. Now listen to what he's saying here. He said, and the same day when evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Underline that. Let us pass over to the other side. I'll give you exactly what that says in the original language in just a little bit. It really means something to you. But I want you to notice two things there in that verse. Number one, I want you to notice that Jesus is talking about something that's going to happen on the same day. 
What I'm talking about right now is going to happen on the same day if you will believe in the Lord your God and he established you and if you will believe in the prophet's word and believe him, God said, I'll prosper you and what I'm fixing to direct you in right now. Can someone shout out amen? amen. So he says there on the same day, he said when the evening is going to come, when it starts to get dark, we're going across to the other side. When darkness starts to roll in, we're going to leave where darkness is rolling in and we're going over to the other side. When the storm starts to come, we're going to go over to the other side. Mm -hmm. Y'all got me now. Amen. Then he says, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. Underline that little ship. Circle that there. That's very important because you see what God is going to do for you today is not only for you. There's a whole lot of people that your world affects. Everything that you do affects a whole lot of people in your life. And God not only wants to bless you, he wants to bless everybody in your little world. Not only does he want to deliver you, he wants to deliver everybody in your little world. Not only does he want to pour out a blessing from heaven that you cannot contain, he wants to bless everybody in your little world. Everybody here this morning just say, Lord, bless my little ships. Find you a little ship that's here this morning. Look at him and say, hey, you're my little ship, and I'm going to have God bless you. You see, a lot of times the devil wants us to curse our little ships. But God said, I'm going to put you in situations in your life so that I can bless you. And by blessing you, I'm going to bless everybody that's involved in your life altogether. Amen. So there's one of my little ships right over there. As God blesses me, he's blessed. And I got a little ship over here that as he gets blessed, he can bless me. But the bottom line is, is everybody's got some little ships. Everybody's hot. I'll say, God, I got some little ships. They need a blessing from you this morning. So you see that there. He said there were other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship so that it was now full. Does anybody right lately felt like that you were about to go under? Anybody felt like you've been in a bad storm that all things is breaking loose, all hell is breaking loose. One thing happened here, another thing happened there, another thing happened over there. One dies here, another one dies there. Here comes another and death. Then you find out one's got cancer. Then you find out one's had a heart attack. And you find out another got to file bankruptcy. And then you find out one's went to jail. And then you find out, oh my God, all your little ships is having trouble. And God says that I'm going to take you at this point because even before the rain began, even before the storm come, I gave you a word and that word word is still true in the middle of the storm and even after the storm. Amen. Amen. So he says there, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat unto the ship so that it was now full. And as he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillar, and they awake him and he said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Anybody ever felt like that Jesus was asleep in your life? Shake your head like this because you know, you know, Lord... I've been praying to you and you ain't sure. I tried to straighten out Junior and I've done everything. And I prayed, Lord God, and I was all over him. I fasted for him. I fasted 40 days. I went to church. I had the whole church pray for him. I had everybody pray for him. And he's just as bad as he's ever been. In fact, Lord, he's worse. My God, where have you been? You've been asleep. So we all get there. Amen. And in verse 39, said, And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. I want everybody with every ounce of the Holy Ghost you got on inside of you, I want you to holler out this morning and say, Peace be still. Now notice there, he didn't speak to the wind. He didn't speak to the waves. He just said, Peace be still. He said, All this hell that's breaking loose around me, just be still. Stop your junk. We need to start telling the devil, You're going to stop your junk. 
So he said, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, now this is very important, you need to underline this circle. He said, and he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I want you to find your friend here this morning, look at him, and say, why are you so fearful? Look at another one and say, why is it you don't have no faith? Who's the oldest person here this morning? I think it, it, it might be Ma Carol. How old are you, Carol? 79. 79. She's 80 years old. Let's go ahead and say 80 years old. Amen. How many, who's got a calculator before I go any further? Grab your cell phone, your calculator, whatever you got. I want you to figure something other up here. I want to show you something. I've done this before, but you need to see it. Who's got the calculator? Somebody say amen. You got it, Trevor? All right. Take 80 times 365. How many days has she lived? 29,200 days the Lord has took care of Carol Shepard. Alford, whatever her name is. She's something. 29,200 days. Every day God has made sure that heart has pumped right. That that heart has pumped blood through her veins. That she's been able to eat everything that she needed to eat. That she's been able to get through every day. That she had enough of strength to go through every day. She was able to lay her head down on the pillow. And it might have took the last little bit of ounce of strength that she had for that day to get through that day. But she closed her eyes and she went to sleep. And she went back up again. 29,200 days. How many hours is in a day? Times and time 24. Tell me how many hours God's been doing this. 700,800 times every hour God has made sure that Carol has not pulled her a gun out and blowed her brains out. That he, she's not sitting there and about killed herself because that, that, that Eddie acted crazy or Carol acted crazy or anybody else acted crazy that Doug hey, or, or, or acted crazy. She was taken care of by the power of the Holy Ghost and God made sure in that their period of time, how many times? 700 what? 700,800 hours that she's been alive that she was able to go where she needed to go, see who she needed to see, live with the way she needed to eat what she wanted to have, drink what she wanted to have, have enough oxygen to live in her life. God took care of her seven, almost 701,000 hours. Amen. Now times that by 60. 42 million, 48,000. For 42 million, how many... 48,000 minutes. God has made sure that her heart pumped the right way. God made sure that she could see what she needed to see. She could hear what she needed to see. That she had food in her freezer. That she had everything she needed to live. How many times Trevor hollered out so they can hear you on the tape? 42,048,000. times. Now you ought to be praising the Lord and giving God a hand clap for what he's done for Carol right there. Say, so everybody turn around and look at Carol this morning and say, Carol, Carol. Why, are you fearful? why are you fearful? Why is it that you ain't got no faith? Now, boy, that puts it right down to your very feet, don't it? Why are you worried about what's going to happen tomorrow? 
What are you worried about what's going to happen next week? What are you worried about what's going to happen to next week, next day, three years from now, 20 years from now? God said, I took care of you all these many times. Why in the world are you worried all up about this stuff and having fear come in and take you away and from the joy that you had? He said, I did not give you the spirit of fear. I gave you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You don't have to worry up. You don't have to be worried about all this stuff because I've already proved to you all these millions of times that I'm going to take care of you and I got the battle for you. Don't worry about it. Somebody needs to give God some praise. Amen. And he looked at him and he says, why is it that you don't have any faith? Why is it that you're so fearful? We get to the point to where we feel like everything is literally about the end in our life. But God told me to come tell you today, this is not the end. This is not the end. Not only is this not only the end, it's just the beginning of the kingdom age in our life. God is about to usher in his kingdom because in this age that we're living in, the church himself is going to learn that the king and the kingdom does not come to you separately. You get the king and the kingdom at the same time. You can't have the king without the kingdom and you definitely will not have the kingdom without the king. Amen. Just telling the world about the king is not enough. The king is necessary, but he is inseparable from the kingdom. Jesus himself said in John chapter 6 verse 33, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. Everybody here holler out and say, Get your mind off the world and start seeking the kingdom. Amen. We are supposed to seek the royal power of the kingdom. We are supposed to seek the very kinship of the king himself. We are supposed to be able to seek the dominion and the rule of the kingdom. We are supposed to, number one in our life, seek the right of the kingdom in our life. We are supposed to seek the authority of the rule of the kingdom. And we are supposed to have the, and seek and really desire the perfect order of things of his kingdom to come in to where everything gathers together in one society, worshiping him, being dedicated into him and have an intimate relationship with him. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now that word righteousness, just for you to understand it, it means to have a condition that is acceptable in the look unto God. So in your life, the number one thing that you should be calling down from heaven is as it is up in heaven, so shall it be here in this earth. Secondly, you're supposed to say, and let me be in the right condition when it comes down to the earth that I will be acceptable unto God at that point in time. But you know what's been going on in the church, Thelma? What's been going on in the church, Tom, is that the church has been trying to leave the earth before they ever showcase the kingdom. Amen. Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. How many of you can't wait till you get to heaven? Oh, we've said that all the time. I can't wait to go to heaven. Well, that ain't what God told you to do. He said, occupy until I come. He didn't tell you to speculate till he come. He said you are supposed to be in this earth and you are to work until I say that it's over with. Amen. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How many of you bought the burial plot for that dear child that you birthed before you ever birthed that child? How many of you ever went on to the funeral parlor and bought the casket for that child before you ever had that child come in your life? That would be right flat out stupid, wouldn't it? Amen. How many of you waste all that time? And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Liv now. You go outside and you plant plants all in your yard. And the minute you finish looking at the plants and they're there, you look up and say, oh, they mighty good. And I tear them all up. You don't do that, do you? You plant them there because you want to give them a chance to grow. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there is a time and a season for everything here on the face of this earth. So we've got a season that we've got to go through. But in those seasons, the hardest thing for us to know is when. How many would agree with that? Amen. Don't know when to do what we need to do, when to say what we need to say, when to act the way we're supposed to act, all this stuff. But God gave us something, and he gave us two keys to understanding the wind. First off, he said, when you want to know timing, he said, you got to have, you got something that you can tap into, and you can tap into this and find out when things need to be done. And he says over in, in John chapter number 16, he said, I give you the Holy Ghost, and he will show you things to come. So God is going to show you the timing. If you're going to need timing in your life, then you need the Holy Ghost. It's not just enough to study the Word to find out about the whole, what the timing. If you want to know when you're supposed to say and do what you're supposed to do, then you need to know the Holy Ghost and have an intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. And you got to have Him there because He will reveal everything unto you before it ever happens. Amen. And the second thing that he gave us is the prophets of God. In Amos chapter 3 verse 7, he said, Behold, the Lord don't do anything unless he speaks to his prophet first. So every time that God is about to do something, he's going to speak through the mouth of some prophet somewhere. And I want you to slap that beside of you and say, Did you know you was a prophet? Amos 3 and 7 says this. says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. That word secret there is the, the word that means his secret counsels. And that means that he's got these angels, 70 angels up in heaven, and he's got the Godhead, and they come in and they have a counsel. And when they make a decision in the courtroom of heaven, then God begins to put the decision that he's made in the courtroom of heaven in the mouth of his servants. And when they say it, that's when God has the authority to come from heaven in the heavenly court and come down to the earth and straighten that out. So God says... I am speaking to my people today and as they speak they are releasing the glory and the power of Almighty God and the secret counsel up in heaven my verdicts that I've done in the kingdom of heaven is being made and they will be activated here on this earth so everybody just look at somebody and say the Lord's doing it for you now Jesus didn't tell us to speculate until he come I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow no God said occupy until I come if we don't presently occupy until he comes, we delay his coming. There's some of you right now under the sound of my voice. God would already be done what he needed to do in your life and in your family if you quit speculating and you start occupying. Shake your head like this because you know it's the truth. Second Peter chapter 3 verse number 12 tells you this. He said you are to be looking for and you are to hasten the coming of the day of God. In other words, if you can speed up the very day of God to come, then you can slow down God coming too. God could have delivered you a long time ago if you'd have quit being fearful and you had some faith. Oh my God, I'm talking to the walls this morning. Amen. God would already straighten out your marriage. He would already straighten out your family situation. He'd already straighten out your finances. If you would have just had some faith and you would have literally believed what somebody said God was going to do for you. Someone shout out amen. amen. So what God told us, he tells us that we can speed up the coming of the Lord. I want you to tell your neighbor so you can speed the Lord up in that mess. But you can slow him down too, Amen. The Bible tells us in Habakkuk, he said, the glory of the Lord is going to fill the whole earth. 
And the Bible also says in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 2, and you've heard me say it, it says, Arise and shine, for the light has come. I want you to find that person again right beside of you and say, When are you going to wake up today? It's time for you to wake up. This is a brand new day. The glory of the Lord has rose up upon you. The Spirit of God has rose up upon you. Yes, it looks dark on the outside there. People look like they're covered in gross darkness. But God said in the middle of that chaos, in the middle of that darkness, in the beginning when I created the earth, I did not move until the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And I'm going to move in the middle of your chaos. You ain't got to do a thing but set yourself and wait and see the glory of Almighty God. Somebody to be praising the Lord this morning. So one day the whole earth is going to be filled with God's glory. One day Isaiah tells us that God is not going to first rapture us out and hide us somewhere and he's not going to hide us over here and remove us. God says he is going to put us here and make us to be the carriers of his indescribable and his multidimensional expansion and expression of his glory. God said you're going to be the one that carries my glory here on this earth right in the middle of darkness and I'm going to use you because the day is a brand new day. Amen. But the Bible says in Acts 3 and 21, listen to what it says. said, Jesus went up to heaven and the heavens must receive him. And he's got to receive him until the times of restitution of all things. Then he goes on and he says, God spoke this by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. I want you to find your neighbor beside of you this morning and say, heaven's going to hold on to Jesus until the restitution of all things. Y'all hearing me now. That means don't worry about the rapture too much at this moment because everything ain't been restituted yet. But God says now, in this age that we're at right now, He says, I'm bringing in a brand new era. And in this era, I am bringing unto you a restitution of all things. In other words, the devil is going to have to pay you back for everything that he done against you. The devil's got to recompense you at least four times for everything he took away from you. And in some instances, he's got to give it to you seven times. Somebody in the house ought to be happy. And the devil right now is being crooked down to his knees. Everything he tried to do in your family, he's already been defeated. Because God said, in this hour, Right now, there are rhema words that have been spoken by my prophets from way back yonder before Adam, and they've been spoken, and they are going to keep right on working until they get everything that needs to be done, and they're going to bring it forth. Because now I am going to bring forth and rise the glory up of God on you, and everybody's going to see my glory on you. Amen. So, this new era that we're in, Betty, is an acceleration unto the time that the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. Things are speeding up. Until the glory of the Lord rises up on His people. Until the glory of the Lord is seen on His people, everything's speeding up. You know, all of us think all hell is breaking loose, but I want everybody just to tell the devil, say, Devil, Devil. I know things are speeding up for me. But I want you also to understand, and I told you, and I told you in Genesis chapter number 1, God always moves in chaos. Always moves in chaos. He will not move until all hell is broke loose in your life. He will sit back and wait for you to make a mess of things, and that's when he'll move. It'll it'll look like in your life that he's asleep in your boat in the middle of the storm because he's waiting on one situation, and that situation is that you look at him and say, Lord, don't you care that I'm about to die? I've done everything I've done. I've done everything I know to do in my own power. If you don't get up and you don't do something or another, then I'm going to die. When you reach that point, God says, I'll show up and I'll bring your glory unto you. Amen. Amen. 
So Isaiah 61 2 says, Arise, shine, for your light's come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness. And listen to what he's saying. That word darkness in the Hebrew means, look now, the misery and destruction and death and the ignorance and sorrow and wickedness and obscurity is going to come across the whole earth. It's going to get dark out there. And he goes on and he said, And gross darkness is going to cover the people. There are going to be more people that is under heaviness. There's going to be more people that's under gloom. There's going to be more people that's under gross sin than you ever seen in your life. He said it's going to come upon the people. He said, but don't worry about that there because the Lord is going to rise upon thee and everybody is going to see my glory on you. Amen. God's got you took care of. Amen. So in March of 2020, this world was shut down everywhere. Everybody entered a storm on that day. Every country. Entire nations was completely locked down or they were shut down where they couldn't go do anything. And despair ran out rampant and it's still rampant. You can't help but to turn the TV on. And the minute you turn the TV on, they're talking about how many more are dying from this little coronavirus that's out there. Many of us has already cursed 20 and 20 as a year straight from hell. And we've pumped, we're pumped in already with fear. And now the media has been out there just pumping all type of fear in us and making us so scared that we can't do it. And we showed up and found ourselves in a storm that we didn't realize was coming. Here we are now in the middle of the storm. The atmosphere was interrupted. Things wouldn't right. Violent disturbance came around. Tumultuous times come around. And we find ourselves under a direct attack of satanic troops right now. Trying to take the church down and flood and sink your boat and bring you down. And many of us right now within the kingdom of God are now prisoners of that war. And God has said, I am calling Living Water Worship Center to go get some of these people out of the jail cell that hell has put them in. Amen. Yeah, he came around and he claimed some family members. He came around and he claimed a lot of things. He claimed a lot of people's job. A lot of people are still a prisoner in this world. And we are out there in the middle of a storm. But I want you to know, we can literally understand that God's already got the battle for us and we can go forward. Is anybody with me this morning? Amen. Now, how many would agree that it can be uh, greatly dis uh, disoriented when you find yourself in a storm that you wouldn't expect them to come? Amen. When you're in the middle of a storm and the violence has come in and the wind is blowing, trees is flowing all over where your roof is going off the top of your house, everything is beginning to be disturbed and they come out of nowhere, it's easy for you to lose a sense of who you are and a sense of direction and it's easy for you to get confused. Amen. So I'm not throwing stones at people that are confused because I've been there before. I'm not throwing stones at people that don't know where they're going and what direction they're going. But it makes it worse when key information about the storm that you're in is not given to you ahead of time. You know, when a hurricane comes, they come on, they say, oh, the hurricane's coming. It's going to hit here on Thursday, and it's going to last for about 8 or 10 hours. You're going to have winds about 100 miles an hour, and you're going to be able to get prepared. And here goes everybody to the grocery store to get prepared for that hurricane. But when you ain't prepared for that hurricane and it shows up all of a sudden in the middle of the storm, you got to make up your mind what you got to do. You can literally lose your senses. Amen. So I want you to understand, when you have this key information, it allows you to be able to outlast the storm. But when you don't have that information, the storm can take you down in the middle of the storm because you don't know what to do, when to do or how to do it. Amen. So without that information, all sorts of panic begins to set into our hearts. And we panic. So when you're in the middle of a storm in your life and you have to process that storm and process life while you're in the middle of that storm, you feel like that storm's going to last forever. 
You feel like it's never going to come to an end. And in fact, many of us feel like that it's going to kill us. You with me? Amen. But I want you to know right now, the world is in the middle of a storm. This is how many people out there are feeling. They feel like they don't know what's going to happen. They feel like that this is going to be the end of them. They feel like that everything they have is not going to mess up. But here's the key. When you're in the middle of a storm, you've got to find out what the truth is about that storm. You've got to learn in the middle of those storms what it's going to take in your life to carry you through that storm. Because guess what? Another storm's coming too. So we got to learn what it talks about. So... Our text today talks about two different things. We're going to talk about the Sea of Galilee. Our text talks about a storm that Jesus and his disciples had. Jesus looked at them after he had preached a sermon on the mount, and he said, all right, this afternoon, everybody hold out and say this afternoon, we're going over to the other side. Then they started going over to the other side, and on the way over to the other side, here comes a storm. Verse 37 says that it was a great storm. It was a great storm of wind. But in verse number 35, he says, we're going over to the other side. Now, I want you to understand, if you are out there as a fisherman, and these people were fishermen, they knew this storm. They, I mean, they knew this sea. They knew exactly what was going on. They knew what it was going to be like. They knew how it was. They weren't upset about going. They had been out there on many occasions. They'd faced that storm. But all of a sudden, they got out there, and they realized, hey, it's only supposed to take me two hours to get across this little sea. And here we are in here, and it's in the middle of the darkness. And we've been here for four or five hours, and we've been throwing out water. The word for storm in Greek is lelilaps. It literally means a whirlwind. It means a furious storm that comes up like a hurricane, but it don't come down from the top down. It comes from the bottom up. It's like a tornado that come up so that here they are out there in the middle of the ocean. The wind began to blow, and it was a whirlwind in the body of the sea, and they were sitting there going around and around in a circle just like they were in the middle of a hurricane, just like they were in the middle of a tornado. They were literally going around and around in a circle. How many of you feel like you've been going around and around in a circle in your life? Well, this word's for you tonight. Everybody else say, thank you, Lord, for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So he went on and he said, these storms, I've studied them. They, they, they last approximately about an hour, but this one has lasted a long time. These storms can produce waves of 20 feet. Now I want you to stop. Has anybody ever been on a boat out in the water? How many would say the more things you put on the boat, the lower that boat goes into the water? Well, this boat that they were in was supposed to only hold 12 people, but there were 15 people in it. So you can imagine that the boat was right at the top of the water, and all of a sudden, here comes a 20-foot wave just taking that their boat over. So here you have Peter, James, and John that were great fishermen, and here they are building themselves out, and they've been going over and over, over, and over, and a great shaking was going on. Now, the Bible says that there, in Matthew, he said he uses a different word. He said there's a word seismos, which means there was an earthquake in the middle of the sea, or earthquake on the land that called the whirlwind in the middle of the sea. God is shaking the land today, and there are some things going on there. We are in the middle of a storm, and we got to learn something. Amen. So here in this story, the earthquake on land had caused the whirlwind in the sea. A great shaking was going on, just like God said in Hosea. He said, I'm going to shake this earth. God right now is shaking this earth. Why is God shaking this earth, Junior? Because he's telling you like mom and dad did when it was time for you to go to school. Wake up and get up out of bed. 
It's time to get up. It's time to get busy. Jesus and his disciples was in a storm. And it had interrupted their crossing over. Amen. No, I haven't. Not at all. It didn't stop them. It didn't slow them down. Jesus told them in verse 35, he said, this afternoon, this evening, we're going to cross over to the other side. Now, you just thought, hey, this storm showed up and interrupted them and stopped them from crossing over to the other side, but it did not stop them from crossing over to the other side. They still crossed over to the other side. Amen. We are in a storm, and it seems like that it has interrupted our crossing over, but I want to ask you this morning, has it? Have we given up and said, hey, that's it, it's done? Verse 35 said in the original, uh, in, in the King James Version, it says, let us pass over into the other side. But in the original Septuagint, listen to what he said. He said, when it becomes evening, we shall go through unto the other side. Everybody say that with me. We shall go through to the other side. My God, if the devil even hears that, he begins to shake. If you believe that in one little instance, the devil realizes he's lost his battle already right now. Everybody holler out and say, we're going to go through to the other side. Now, it might look like that Jesus is asleep. It might look like that the winds and waves are furious and squalls are coming up and the waves are overtaking the boat and your boat's about to fall down and be sunk in there. It looks, may look like that everybody that knows how to navigate has done everything they can possibly do to get you to the situation you're in. And it might look like that everybody's panicking and Jesus seems to be impervious to what's going on in your life. But I want you to know there's a tack from hell of fear on the disciples out here on this boat because Jesus had already prophesied to them and said, boys, this afternoon, we're going over to the other side. So today, there is an attack of fear that's coming on to us. It might look like in our life that we ain't going to make it, but I want everybody here to holler out and say, we're going to make it this morning. This attack of fear came upon them, and it was an irrational fear. Why was it irrational? Because if they would have believed the mouth of the prophet that had just said, hey, I'm going, we're going to go cross over there and we're going to make it to the other side, they'd have never went and woke Jesus up. They'd have never got upset. They'd have realized that, hey, Jesus said it, and it don't matter if I believe it or not, Jesus said it, it's going to happen. Oh, we need to understand that, amen. They didn't have no reason to be fearful. Number one, they could still see Jesus. Number two, Jesus was with them, amen. And when the whole trip started, Jesus said, you're going to cross over. I want you to look at someone and say, why are you fearful? He said, you're going to go through. That word go through says you're going to pass over. You're going to travel across. You're going to travel through. I want everybody to hear me this morning. You are going to make it. I don't care what hell's got to say. I don't care if he comes trying to take every dime that you got. You're going to be able to make it. I don't care if he shows up with cancer in your life. You're going to make it. I don't care if he makes you sick and push you down to the deathbed. You're going to cross over because Jesus said we're crossing over at Living Water Worship Center. When Jesus prophesies, he's to be believed. When Jesus said it, he's God. And God said it, we believe it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do it in the power of Almighty God because Jesus said it. Amen. I want you to remember now, he don't do a thing until he tells his prophets first. He don't do nothing until he tells his prophet, hey, I'm fixing to do this. So Jesus rebuked their faith for forgetting what he had just said 
earlier that day. I want you to look at your neighbor. Let's make this pinpoint. Look at him and say, did you forget what Jesus said two minutes ago? How many often in our life have we forgot what Jesus said two minutes ago? Jesus said, you're going to find a woman that loves you with all of her heart and she's going to be a good mother to your children and she's going to make you a stronger man than you've ever been in your life. And when all is said and done, you're going to lead 150,000 people to the Lord and you're going to be leading in a church and you're going to lead the youth and all this stuff and everything. And it hadn't panned out and here you are walking out there and say, oh my God, what in the world am I got to do? God says, why are you fearful? Why is it that you don't have no faith? In the middle of the storm, that's not the best place for you to process what life is all about. You need to go in that storm realizing that Jesus has got you. He's already went across the place. The Holy Ghost is leading you. The Holy Ghost has already went through the place. And he's got a place for you to arrive on. And you're going to arrive to your destination without talking to anybody. Amen. So we got to start anchoring ourselves to the last directive of Jesus in our life. And say, it don't matter what anybody else says. This is what Jesus said. Now, when Jehoshaphat was in the same situation, all the Midianite was around him, an army a lot bigger than they were. Jehaziel stood up and said, this is not your battle, this is the Lord's. The word Jehaziel means he who looks to God and God watches over. So when God is looking, when you're looking at God, God says, I'm going to watch over you. He said, you don't have to fight in this battle. It's time for you to quit worrying about what's happening out there. Just be at the place and stand still because the salvation of the Lord is going to be with you. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? So Jesus said, for me to come ask you today, have you stopped crossing over? Because someone so ain't with you anymore, have you threw up your hands? Because this one left you, had you said, I ain't going no further. Or are you believing what Jesus has already said? Jesus said that we were going to cross over. Jesus said that we're crossing over. Jesus said that Living Water Worship Center is going to make it. Jesus said that you ain't going to be sick no more. Jesus said that you're going to have courage, that you're going to have power. Jesus said we're going to have a revival in this church like we ain't never had. Jesus said in this church he's going to raise up people and we're going to walk in our inheritance and we're going to see people get up out of the wheelchairs and we're going to see people throw their canes away. We're going to see our people that are hooked on drugs and alcohol come give their heart to the Lord. And we need to realize that when Jesus said it's going to happen, the devil's going to try to fight against it. But all we got to do is look up to Jesus and say, Jesus, don't you care that the devil's trying to take it out and stop your word from coming to pass? I believe that God said, I'll follow after my word and I'll make sure my word will do it. And I believe the day the angels are being released from heaven to follow the word that Jesus has spoken about living more the worship center, what the Holy Ghost has said through the very hearts and the mouth of his prophets. And I believe that it don't matter what it looks like right now, you are going to pass over under the power of Almighty God. Amen. Flip your Bible right quick to Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. I want to show you what you're crossing over to. How many have been praying and you've been asking the Lord, Lord, I need you to do this and I need you to do this now. Mm -hmm. How many believe he's already done it? Listen to what God says there. Mark chapter number 5, verse number 1. They're crossing over now as I try to close here this morning. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, unto the country of the Gadarenes. 
Everybody say this with me in faith while I begin to breathe. Say, I'm going to the country of the Gadarenes. I know you don't know what you just said. The devil knows what you just said. The Holy Ghost knows what you just said. The angels just know what you said. I want you to understand. It said, and they crossed over to the country of the Gadarenes. The word Gadarenes literally means this. Listen to me real good. You are crossing over to your reward at the end. You are crossing over and moving quickly and you are going into a place and everything that you're crossing over is uncontrollable because your reward is waiting for you when you cross over. God is saying that God, living water worship center's reward is waiting for you when you cross over. But while you're crossing over, the devil's going to try to keep you from crossing over. I wish some of these people that was at this church was here today to hear this because God said, if you'll just set yourself and stand still and wait on the very salvation of Almighty God, he said, I'm going to carry you into your reward. All that stuff you've been praying for that you need, God said it's waiting for you on the other side, but you cannot throw up your hands and lose your faith and fall a victim to fear and not have any faith because Jesus said I'm going to carry you through you got to believe that with every ounce of strength you got on the inside of you amen the, your reward is closer than you can even think they were 30 minutes from their reward look at your neighbor right beside me and say you're 30 minutes from your reward that word gatherings means you are at the recompense at the end. You're going to be recompensed at the end. I'm here to tell you something that's about to break loose in your life right now. Y'all need to receive this. Everybody on the side receive this. Something is about to break loose in your life right now that's going to make the devil have to show up in your life and give you a paycheck. He's going to have to show up and pay you back for everything he took away from you. Everything he stole from you, he's going to have to pay you back. He's got to pay you back for every day he stole, every day he stole from your family, every day he stole from your life, everything that he stole out of your life, he's got to pay you back. This church ought to be excited under the power of Almighty God. God said, all this darkness and all this hell that's going on in your life, he said, I told you, you're going to cross over and my word will not return void. You're getting through all this man. If you'll stand up in the power of Almighty God and declare unto the world that peace is going to be still, you're going to make it across to your reward and God's going to give it to you. Amen. <laughs> Slap that beside him and say your paycheck's ready. Say it again. Say your paycheck's ready. Now what do you do when your paycheck's ready? Junior, what do you do when your paycheck's ready? You go get it, don't you, dummy? <laughs> Boring. Junior, we got your paycheck here in the office. Okay. I'll be by sometime down the way. I might be there in 10 months to get it. I'll be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> say your paycheck's ready. Say it again. Say your paycheck's ready. God's already wrote out your paycheck. He's got a review. You've got to believe that he is a rewarder. That your paycheck is ready. He said you're crossing over into your reward. Your reward is waiting on you. It's time for you to cross on over. Why is it that you ain't got no faith? Why is it that you can't believe that Jesus said what he said? He said today your paycheck is ready. He said the same day I tell you this, it's going to happen. Everybody, I'll say the same day. 
The same day that Jesus told them, you're going to cross over to the other side. They crossed over to the other side. The devil tried to stop them. The devil sent a, a storm to try to get them fearful. And they just about lost it. But thank God Jesus didn't leave the boat. Thank God Jesus didn't leave them. Thank God that Jesus might have looked like he was asleep. But Jesus was still with them. And he looked after his word. And he made sure that the reward was waiting for them over in the country of the Gadarenes. And God, I see in my spirit... Some of y'all are walking into your reward right now. Somebody ought to receive that. Amen. Smile at somebody say, my paycheck's ready. How about do this? Say, I'm picking up my paycheck. I wish some of y'all start spending some of your paycheck. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Say, I'm going to the enemy's camp.
this word, bind it upon our hands, write it upon the tablets of our heart, keep it ever before our eyes, put it around our head and our forehead. Father, now in the name of Jesus, strengthen the faith of everyone that hears this online. Father, strengthen the faith of everyone that is here today. Father, we have no reason in our life, Lord God, to doubt you. You have proven yourself over and over and over again. Today, Lord God, we are crossing over into our reward, and we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not wait another day. This is our day. Jesus said the same day is ours, and we receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Go with us, Lee God, and direct us. Bring us back in loving and in unity this night as we come together at 6 o'clock and worship you again. Father, let us all know that you have went before us and you got us through the storm. In Jesus' precious name, let the church shout out, amen. amen. Give God a good hand clap of praise. Shake a hand, hug a neck. If you don't like that person, just shake their neck and hug their hand. I'll see you this evening at 6 o'clock. God bless you all for coming. Amen. Amen.